Hi there. I'm Michael Hall. And I'm Peter Davis. Peter Davis. And welcome to the DevAntage, the D&D podcast where one old school dad and one child of an old school dad <laughs> get together. One and new school D&D player? All of those things get together and talk about new school play, right? So if you hadn't figured it out already, we have a stand-in for Andy. Andy's busy making donuts and fulfilling his Kickstarter. So we have our recurring guest in Peter Davis. Welcome, Pete. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's exciting. We're, we're going to do a head-to-head. We've been doing a lot of head-to-heads lately, but I enjoy them because it gives me a chance to theory craft and make weird characters. So that's always the best thing. We've decided to do one of our classic character face-off builds, and we've chosen the trope of the Holy Avenger. So whatever that means to you, we'll figure it out. Pete and I probably took different similar routes. I mean, Pete, maybe, Pete, maybe Pete, I'm like, I don't know. We'll find out. We have no idea. We have just untested waters. The great thing about it is that Pete and I are both a little bit more crunchy than Andy. So we'll see how crunchy we get on this build. But so first thing we do with our build, I'll just remind everybody of how it works. We build off of a custom array of 17, 15, 13, uh, 12, 10, 8, just to make our characters a little bit more heroic. And we build to level eight and we do three rounds. First round, we will describe the character in flavor. And then from there, we'll progress to how we built them and how we had, we got them to level eight. And then the final round, if we need it, we always do. We try to convince each other, like who who actually reigns supreme on this? So Pete, let's, let's I'm going to go first. This is your first time through. We won't do our normal role initiative. I'll go first and then you do your flavor and then you do your build. So you go double, double, and then I'll come back in with the build next okay all right so all of our adventures tend to start in a very unique tavern called the thirsty cougar which sits just outside of bounty in the wastelands of the shattered chasm and so in this case you are sitting having a drink at at the bar and the the doors swing open and in walks a very strange looking fellow. And I say strange because you don't see a lot of fox folk around, but he is a vulpin, a fox person. And yes, you can build fox people in D&D now. So a fox person, a vulpin, I think is what they call them. And he is wearing leathers with gold accents. He's got sort of a a fanciful mop of hair. He's a red colored fox, but he's got a dark red, dark brown mop of very stylish hair. And he's carrying a longbow and wearing some greaves. And he walks up to the counter and slaps his money down. And he starts up a story with you. And you have just met Kit Sunset. And Kit Sunset is a, 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 a rogue paladin. And oh my, <laughs> oh, well, it sounds like we might be <laughs> this thinking is about this is be really interesting. <laughs> and he is a he started his life as a, a rogue and he, he went all the way up to becoming an arcane trickster, which is what you would expect from a fox, right? And he he stole the uh, the, the family crest from a family of Aarakocra, a, a magical crest that was protecting the family and it resulted in all of them being killed and so he had to face the facts of like what does this mean why have i chosen this life of crime if it results 
in everybody dying, the literal fox in the hen house, as you might guess. And so he he has set on a path of redemption. So he has an adopted a an oath, and he is a an oath of redemption paladin now. Um, and so he is a arcane trickster rogue with oath of redemption paladin mixed in. And that is Kit Sunset. If you haven't figured it out, Kitsune, okay. Kit Sunset, you know. That, that's you know. pretty good. That's a that's a, a good name. I think after Kit Sunset would have entered and the <laughs> saloon doors have like just still there's the they swing open once more and there's kind of the classic western like twang <laughs> of like spurs entering the building uh, and standing is a kind of tall thin um in a duster and like a white cowboy hat red dragonborn oh, all right kind of on one hip he has the big like rapier musketeer looking type sword and on the other he has what seems to be like a longer dagger or bowie knife he's in that kind of classic western duster and and he sits down at the bar leans in with a grin maybe a little roguishly uh (laughs) i i i'm laughing so much because as he sits down and starts making small talk with the bartender definitely the type of person who'd be known around bounty for Definitely good deeds these days. We have Grail Doss. Grail Doss also started his time out as a rogue. All right, <laughs> we are we are decidedly crunchy in our approach. Yeah, we are we are decidedly crunchy. Um, he maybe used to be less kind than just a thief, having held up the highways around bounty far too many times uh criminal background specifically as a highway robber uh before he would rob a priest uh and the priest was significantly stronger than him and kind of beating him in a fight chose to show him mercy and give him a chance at redemption oh my god (laughs) so he is also an oath of redemption oh my god this has never (laughs) happened before i love it so he is a (laughs) Third level assassin rogue. Oh my god! Fifth level oath of redemption paladin. We are so. We're gonna, be, we're gonna have a hard time figuring this one out. Yeah. I, the only difference here is the 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 arcane trickster class um, and possibly spell choices. Uh, well, we'll we'll have to get into spell choices and feats because I think it's going to come down to like the nuances. Um, I definitely there's some. We'll talk about our builds. We'll let you get your build in a second. But some of the advantages of as you can imagine, everybody here like. Paladins are Nova damage specialists, right? So if you can then throw a smite with a sneak attack, there's a whole heck of a lot of things to like about that. And I'm curious to see some of the other ways you have brought this character to life in terms of Holy Avengerness. But we'll we'll turn it over to you and let you go through the base build. Yeah. So the base build, this is a rogue paladin with a pretty heavy dex focus. It has <laughs> it is a zero, it is a 10 strength, an 18 dexterity, 16 con, eight intelligence. He's not the smartest. He was a highway criminal. I mean, like He's maybe not the sharpest tool in the shed. He has a 12 wisdom from seeing past his mistakes and only a 14 charisma. Charisma was not particularly big in this build for me. I'm not quite worried about spell saves at all or spell attack rolls. I just need to stab him. Um, Starting out as a rogue, he has an amazing deck save, uh, starting with proficiency in that, and he makes up for that lacking intelligence, and that's where, and starting with an intelligence saving throw. So he is 
like good saves all around. I think another thing that might be notable is where we chose to take expertise. I imagine mm-hmm. you, like I did, chose to take it in stealth, I would guess. But he has taken stealth and acrobatics being slightly more of a three musketeers, like white hat archetype. Mm-hmm type person, a lawman. He's a lawful neutral, or not lawful neutral, lawful good character, because he's totally turned himself around. But regular build-wise, he's mainly set up to do two-weapon fighting. Unfortunately, paladins can't get two-weapon fighter, so I had to stick with defense. And as my feat as a fifth-level paladin, or well, my ability score increase ended up being a feat, I took the dual-wielder Nice feet. So as long as he has what is his short sword and rapier in either hand. Why don't you read off what dual wielder does? Yeah, so we'll get a flavor of what that feat does because I don't think we've talked about that feat in the so past. Dual wielder, I I love it as like a flavor feat. It's definitely more niche than most feats, I would say, just from like a numbers standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's as long as you're wielding a separate melee weapon in each hand, you have plus one to AC. So it gives you like half of a shield if you have an offhand weapon. And then Mm -hmm. obviously you have the bonus action attack with that. You can use two melee weapons, even if they aren't light. So that means you could have two long swords, two battle axes. It's what lets you get the larger weapons in your offhand. And then the last one, and depending on your DM, the most important is you can draw and stow two one-handed weapons when you would normally only be able to do one. So you can... Instead of having, it kind of depends on the DM. I think most DMs are pretty fine with it, but if you have one that's paying a little bit closer attention to the rules, you can just pull them all out in one go. I think that's a, it's a, if if you were in Adventures League or some of the other more rules strict environments, it's an important nuance. It makes, uh, yeah. It's also like Throne Weapon Master and those types of things also start to become important because the, the action economy around drawing weapons can be very unfavorable if you're paying attention to it although most dms don't <laughs> yeah exactly i mean as so far t- as the... tell me tell me what the dragonborn brings to bear so, on this character unless you're saving that for the, this the, is, the this final is, round uh, this is specifically I'll, I'll save the other bit that i have in okay. here for the final round this is specifically a chromatic dragonborn mm-hmm. for red so it's not like the player's handbook one it's the one you'll find in fizzbins it has a couple important th- changes to how dragonborns work one its breath weapons replaces only one of its attacks With this setup, you hopefully only ever need a attack Mm -hmm. to deal with your main target. And then you have the second attack will get replaced by your 15 foot cone at this level. It's a 2d10 cone, so it's not huge, but it's just some extra area of effect that paladins usually really struggle with. Right. And the slightly more impactful one, I chose Red Dragonborn. One, because there's the energy of like a red dragon trying to redeem itself, I find very Mm -hmm. interesting. And two, fire is one of the most common damage types in the game. Yeah. It's it obviously it's behind all the physical ones, but after that, I think it's the most common. Uh, And at fifth level, you can, as an action, uh, you get chromatic warding as a chromatic dragonborn, which instead of having resistance to it, once per long rest for an action lasting a minute, you can have immunity to it. Oh, neat. Oh, my God. So, I didn't know that. That's cool. So Yeah. So, like, I think gem dragonborns get flight or metallics get, like, extra breath weapon options. I went for this because just being able, like, if you know you're running into a wizard who probably has fireball or something, or if you're right. going to fight a fire elemental or something like that, you can just take an action at the start of the fight, pop that. I love that as like Holy Avenger too, because that's just like yeah, trial, just like by, trial by fire, fire, you know? Yeah, like exactly. It's, it it sort of really plays into the redemption 
let the healing fires cure me. You know, yeah, kind of. yeah, it's like just like it's Cleanse like purifying flame type energy. Yeah. Oh my uh, god, that's super cool. What? I, um. Yeah. Give me a, a sense of. Well, you you keep going wherever you want to go with it. There's a couple other things in here. Like I was, I almost took Vengeance Paladin, but that felt almost too on the nose for mm-hmm. the Holy Adventure. I I debated Oath of the Ancients as well, just because I was thinking maybe making him sort of attuned into the Feywild and everything. Yeah. Um, But I've done that in the past, so I wanted to go something a little different. Yeah, I so I ended up taking the thing that really put me on redemption is a there's kind of the classic character arc of the former criminal like going good, yeah. which feels very yeah. good. And then I ended up finding rebuke the violent, which yes. is oh my god, this such is a the good coolest. defensive ability. So we'll just let's both talk about it because it's both like yeah. we don't, neither one of us gets an advantage with this one, yeah. but it is guys. This may be one of the coolest features in Paladin land, but it may also be one of the coolest sort of class features out there. So Pete, do you want to uh, read it out yeah. literally? Because I think it's so, a cool So yeah, I'll one. read it out. So you can use your you can use your channel divinity to rebuke you, those who use violence. Immediately after an attacker within 30 feet of you deals damage with an attack against a creature other than you, which is important, you can spend your reaction to force a wisdom save. From that, from the attacker on a failed save, they take radiant damage equal to the damage they just dealt. This is or half damage if they even or, if they yeah, succeed, half damage if they half succeed, damage, which is important because if you're fighting something big, you oh can. Oh my god! Right, blow like someone to pieces. If, if 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 you can imagine somebody critting one of your team members, right, and then you you just save it for like a crit moment. And yeah. then you turn that crit back around on them. Oh my is, god, what an awesome... Even if they, make, awesome... the even if they yeah. make the save, just because of how monster damage like numbers scale, yeah. if it's like Ogre crits you for like 6d8 or something, and sure, he makes the save, it's an Ogre, it probably won't though. It makes the save. It's like, oops, you're also taking like... Yes, you. my guy damage. took 50, you're taking 25, right? Like, it's still, yeah. it's such a, a free source of massive damage. I love it. I also just love it as, like, the idea that you're, I mean, the idea behind the Redemption Paladin, even though they're very effective with damage, is that they also get a lot of really cool things that are not damage-related. Yeah. Um, in terms like, of certain spells, crowd control spells, and... Speaking yeah, of those spells, because I'm my brain thinks of this character as more of like the lawman, almost closer to Doc Holliday from the movie Tombstone. Oh, nice. Love it. Oh, is kind of where my brain goes with him or Arthur Morgan from the most recent Red Dead Redemption game. Mm-hmm. I know he's still a criminal, but in that space right. of has done bad things, is trying to do good. From Redemption Paladin, you get spells like Sleep, which mm-hmm. are unironically great. Sleep yeah. is one of my favorite spells in 5e. Uh, you have calm emotions to hopefully de-escalate stuff. I think the big spell you pick up is hold person. Yeah, hold person. Hold person and and once you get uh, a little bit, if once you get to a high enough level, you also, this is the one that gets me the most excited, although it takes a while to get there. You get access to counter spell um, yeah. as a paladin, which just feels oh. real. Now, granted, neither of our characters are high enough level to do that because we multi-classed. But it's access to counterspell as a paladin is super cool. Is yeah, it's probably one of the best parts. I have a couple of other spells though. As I kind of said earlier, I'm not yeah. really interested in spell saves. So I have Shield of Faith. Because this character is using two weapons even with 
dual wielder, he has less AC than your kind of classic heavy armor paladin would, mm-hmm. having an AC if he has both weapons out, because he has the defensive fighting style. So what's his what's his base armor class? So his base armor class is he's wearing studded leather, plus the four yeah. from his dexterity brings it up to a 16. He has defensive, which is another plus one, which takes it up to a 17. And then if he has both his weapons out at the same time, it pumps it up one more. And that it's, takes it's him so up curious. We're so we are so, so aligned on this. Because like, I'm studied leather as well. I think it's really interesting. Like you, you what's interesting here for everybody to take note is that when you think of the paladin and the plate armor, you don't have to go in that direction. Yeah. And you can go with a dex build. Both of us did actually. We'll find out when I get to mine, but we both went with dex built paladins which is an interesting way to go because you can maintain that stealth you can maintain these other things that make your paladin more interesting yeah and then shield of faith is like the easiest bonus action to get away with Mm -hmm. in this uh setup bonus actions are not super used i particularly since we're both rogues we obviously have cunning actions right but aside from that if you're like already engaged and don't want to leave it's just a bonus action to cast shield of faith takes the ac up to 20 super defensive he has some other stuff to fit in the western gun duel stuff so he has compelled duel because mm-hmm. I just love that spell yeah, and find it really funny. Cool. I have Find Steed for the classic like yeah. whistle, Lone Ranger type stuff, and it shows up. And then the only smite I took for this Paladin setup is Branding Smite. Branding Smite is good versus pesky enemies that like to turn visible. What can I say? Yeah. I don't like stuff that tries to disappear for me. I have a pretty low reception. Yeah, I like it. That's really good, man. What does the assassin give you in this build? What is what are uh, the? We're we're gonna hold on for that. Okay, you're gonna the, hold on the, to that. The special right, sauce. I have a feeling I know. Um, and yeah, we're, we're sort yeah, of actually. It's, uh... it's really curious. So I'm gonna go into my build because honestly, these are so similar. It's really kind of funny. Stats and ability scores across the board: twelve strength, twenty dex, a ten constitution, an eight intelligence, a thirteen wisdom, and a sixteen charisma so i i bumped up the charisma and i did it i debated this one quite a bit because i really thought classic paladin should have a high con i i decided that i wanted this paladin to to be a bit flawed and rely on their bow a little bit more they can still do some interesting things with the rapier but like i'm a little bit more bow centric so i i sacrificed the con in order to give myself a little bit more range in terms of what i could do with this redemption, right? Like that he's going to talk his way out of things because there's a neat feature within the redemption paladin that is also, we both have it, and mine is going to be very effective because of my 16 charisma, but it's called... I believe that it's Emissary of Peace. Emissary of Peace. As a bonus action, you grant yourself plus five bonus to charisma persuasion checks for the next 10 minutes. With And then I took proficiency in persuasion along the way. So I ended up, I I can get a plus 11. To my persuasion Ooh. for a while and so i just really like that idea is that he's he's he really ha- is trying to walk a, a path of peace more than just uh he's trying to talk people down he still ha- can do some crazy things in co- in combat and he's got a high deception he's got a plus 11 to stealth because I've, I've doubled down on a couple of things here but it's really he's really built around actually what i did was while I still have a really good Nova damage, and we'll talk about that in my Convince Me, I think we're both going to do a head-to-head on Nova damage with Convince Me, but I wanted him to have more utility. I like utility characters. It's one of the problems I have with playing Paladins 
is the conception. They always feel a little one notey to me. So I want, I like things that are a little bit more conflicted, even if they're always good. So I liked, so I really leaned into the arcane trickster side and the spell choice because of that. Let me give you a sense though, of what this character is. So he is a Vulpin and it comes from the Humblewood expansion that just was released a few weeks ago. So Humblewood, which is hit point press, just came available on with D&D Beyond. So I added that in. I figured I'd give it a little play it around, give it a, give it a run for its money. So Vulpins are fox people and they're really interesting. They have human lifespans. They're medium size. So he's about five feet tall, four and a half to five feet tall. He has dark vision. So that's interesting. His base walking speed is 30. He has a bite. So he can actually do 1d6 piercing damage either as a dex or as a strength. So we can, I can do, I can bite people. So that's cool. And, and still do a fair amount of damage. I had bumped up my intelligence. I would get my intelligence modifier on all my deck saving throws. But because I have a minus one, it really does nothing for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we both um, went, mm, we don't need to be smart. Uh, I have, I couldn't make it work in every direction. So I just went with that. But one of the, there are two things that he can do that are really cool as a Vulpin. So I can cast Charm Person once per long rest, which I think, again, fits into this idea that he talks his way out of a lot of things. He's a trickster. He, that's, yeah. that's a fox, right? A, a kitsune. But, and this one I'll, 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 I will tease up, but you'll see how it comes to play in my Convince Me round very much like your assassin, he has a thing called ambush prey, which allows him to do an ambush. And you could imagine what an ambush does. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about that later. He can also do, he can also cast fear. So some of the things I've got in this, in his build, I've got a lot of cantrips actually, which is pretty unusual for the paladin because I also chose blessed warrior as the paladin. So I've got guidance. So I can add guidance to all of those ability checks that I just talked about. I can add a D4 to it. I also have shape water. So I can do some funky things with shape water, including make the ground icy or lock doors and things like that by freezing them and things like that. Um, prestidigitation, minor illusion, and spare the dying. So I really leaned into, I stayed away from, for the same reason you did, Pete, mostly because I don't really like the 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 radiant word it doesn't really do much for me so i just leaned into the the all the utility cantrips because i think yeah. i really like again i like utility i like the idea that the, this holy avenger while he's out there on a path of redemption his avenging his path of redemption is for himself right so he's helping people spell wise i i get a lot of advantages because of the arcane trickster so i have absorb elements i have find familiar so he summons a small herding dog as his familiar so I'll, i would probably just reflavor one of the other uh like a uh, wolf or something like, i would imagine or, cat, or something like, smaller a, a yeah cat, like the i'd reflavor yeah, the cat yeah a cat a, you a, just have a terrier yeah as a small dog right a small herding dog i i get i also took shield of faith but also with rogue i i added silvery barbs so i can get my i can get my i can get my my sneak attack that yeah. way if i need it right i've got bless let's see what else do i have that's interesting aid I went with just one. I just went with the branding smite as well and find steed. So, I mean, we're very similar in terms yeah. of spell choice because I think those are really some of the best choices for a paladin anyway. I think the rogue just gives me a few more things that I can do spell-wise and I think gives me a few more spell slots possibly than you have. I have four first-level spell slots and two second-level. Okay, so we I believe we're actually the same then. 
Interesting. I think then maybe all yeah, I get for the arcane you. trickster is the extra cantrips. Yeah, and also the extra spell options because yeah. let's be honest, paladins have one of the worst spell lists in the yeah. game. Well, that's uh, because you're you want to use your slots with your smite. Yeah, you can, ex- exactly. Right? Their 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 spells compete with their smites, and so yeah. their spells have to be better than their smites, yep. which they very rarely are. That's exactly um, it. Well, so that's why I, I think bless can be a real good one to have for your party if you're not getting it elsewhere. So I think overall, we're very, very similar in the build category. I also have a studded leather. So I'm a, my base armor class is 17 because I've got the plus five. I, I, I can switch to a shield and rapier if I go into melee. So I can get also get up to 19 with the rapier. I just don't have the two weapon fighting up to 21 with shield of faith. So again, again, really I think probably the biggest difference is hit points. Where's your, where yeah. are your hit points? My hit points. So I have a personal philosophy in D and D where no character's constitution should be below 14. Move. <laughs> I, I refuse to play squishy <laughs> characters. It's not fun for me. So my hit points with a 16 con are at 72. Yeah. So you, that this is where your character is going to be much more effective in combat than mine. I'm only at 48. So that's yeah. really problematic for me. But I I like the concept so much that I was willing to sacrifice it because, again, I think he's going to try to talk his way out of things. And I have silvery barbs. I have a few other ways to to, protect yourself, to protect myself. Yeah. I debated taking shield, right? Like I could switch out, uh, find familiar for shield. But again, that sort of runs into my action economy, as we just talked about with the spell slots. I don't want to be burning all my spell slots. Uh, it's also why I took Absorb Elements, because I figured at least if I'm going to burn a cell spell slot on a reaction, I want to return damage on it, right? Yeah. Oh, That's why absolutely. I took Absorb Elements. All right. Let's go. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to cover. I mean, I might be saving my 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 healing things like Lay in Hands for myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you definitely right? have to hold. I would imagine you have to hold on to Lay on Hands a lot. For yourself a lot yeah. more than um, a normal paladin would. I, yeah, I think the main or... main point here is that I see myself as a ranged character with the longbow. So yeah, I'll be delivering my damage from range, which is why I was willing to sacrifice the hit points. I think like the real the real tragedy of that to me is unfortunately paladin smites are only on melee attacks. I know, I know. It, which it, it feels so bad. Yeah. I, I, I'm willing to sacrifice it to do those two things and try to figure out how to get off my, my melee attack when I can. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're like setting up the opportunity for it. That, more. That's it. That's it. Like and in and, the fight, well, which and that's is totally fair. And, and that's also why I think I took the rogue was so that I could get in and then get out, get in smite cunning action, get out range character. Right. Yeah. So that's sort of how I've built this guy. I, I knew I was sacrificing a few things going ranged, but I'm willing to do it. I think That's he's. Totally I, I like all the, the utility that I'm getting out of him. Let's go to the convince round because I yeah. feel like our convince me is going to be somewhat similar. Um, so, <laughs> in Nova damage, so, so yeah, this is this is a, a Nova damage situation. But I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why. Oh wait, actually, on. one last thing before we go there. So my feet, I took skill expert just to get myself the one extra on my dexterity to get it up to a twenty. And then also just to add in a few more, a little bit more utility, right? So that yeah. I've got, um, I've got expertise in acrobatics, perception, and stealth. So it's, yeah. I've, it, it's a really nice sort of balance. I like skill expert because it just it really rounds out your character. Sorry, that was my last. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I so I took assassin rogue for kind of two reasons. One, uh, there's a level of intentionality to set up all of its effects that 
a lot of other subclasses don't have at that level. Um, it's a little bit in like the philosophy I'm, I think this character has is like the first time he fights you, he's going to be casting sleep. He's going to be avoiding actual combat. He's going to be doing something similar to what you're doing of like trying to talk people down, whether that be through persuasion or just trying to intimidate people to get them to stop fighting so he can have a conversation. But if that doesn't work and you do something heinous, he will avenge the dead like a holy avenger and will leave and come back with a plan. Nice. And there there are two big things that assassin rogues do that are really relevant. Or really, it's one thing. It's their third level effect called assassinate. You have advantage against uh, on attack rolls against enemies who haven't taken a turn in combat yet. And in addition... If you score a, if you score a hit against a surprised enemy, it becomes a critical hit. So it basically means as long as you can get the surprise around and plan it out, you're gonna crit them. Now, for the damage I'm about to go through, it's a lot. Yeah, it it these are uh, the combination of assassin and paladin, which sounds on the surface counterintuitive, but if yeah. you come up, but as Pete articulated, he's come up with a way to get there. It, you can really do something with this. Yeah, it's let, let me go over this damage. A little yeah, bit. Let's so obviously you he's using a rapier. You need to get use a finesse weapon to get your sneak attack. So he's using a rapier. That's a D. I, I will. I will point out for both of us. One of the reasons to lean into a dex based paladin, if you're going to do these moves, is to in order to ensure that you get the stealth. You can you still have a high AC with the leather armor. And get the stealth in order to get your surprise round. Yeah, right? it's an yeah. important it's an important piece of this build. So he has with expertise in stealth, he has a plus ten to stealth. So over a majority of enemies, you're gonna succeed. If he had a magic item, if I could put magic items on it, it would have been like yeah. a cloak of elven kind. Yes, right. Stuff like that. But you're using a rapier for your main attack. It's a D eight. You smite at third level, or not third level, second level. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a slight. Yeah, smiting at second level deals. 3d8 radiant damage so that's already 4d8 there you have 2d6 from your sneak attack and then if your bonus action was to cast branding smite that's another 4d6 meaning that when you crit you're dealing twice that many dice so 4d8 for between the smites and the rapier and another 4d6 from the uh yeah we're, we're on the same math it. quotient here it's pretty brutal yeah, and then obviously plus four. Most of the time, this will kill just about anything you hit. Yeah, it's a, it's a. <laughs> if it's you a, don't, you have a second attack. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's the other thing is you've got a second attack here. So it's and you could debate with your with your DM whether that counts as like the the whether you. So they just have can, to be surprised, and surprise yeah, only falls off on the enemy's it, turn. turn. Yeah. So I, I mean, but you could get it. I'm I'm sure there are yeah. DMs that would. After a while, the DM would get sick of yeah, your Yeah, the, the DMs to be will like... get tired of, like, <laughs> this setup in particular does enough damage that it's not good for a long-term character. Yeah. But if I'm totally honest, it's, your DM Great will get tired of it and yeah. you'll lose, you'll lose your opportunities. I, I think this is interesting. It's a little sad. Well, it's what's interesting about it is that, you know, your, your, your DM will start to craft things that prevent you from doing this, which is not fun for anybody in the party. The other thing that happened is I, I built a rogue soul knife character and I was dropping a ton of damage with that. And the, because I could get two off, you know, yeah. a rogue with two attacks, being able more options to get off your sneak attack is it just, the DM starts to get annoyed with you or the party becomes so reliant on your dealing big damage that that's kind of all you do. Yeah. Um, 
And so you become this sort of one trick pony that's not nearly as much fun to play as it sounds in your head when you're yeah. dealing when you're like, I just did 12 D8 damage. This is amazing. So um there's yeah, uh, like on, on this final bit, there's a couple other just bits yeah, of spice uh that are pretty useful for this whole setup. Uh one is fine steed. Yeah. Um ambushing like fine steed, a riding horse, or whatever it is, something with a 60 movement speed. Uh, because you have that bonus action dash from Rogue, it means you can start a fight 120 feet away where they're going to have a lot harder time to see you. Right. Suddenly a horse comes barreling out of the woods with a guy on top of it and he rides up and just stabs a guy, yeah. It, which makes it generally will help a lot of your stealth checks. And the last important part is particularly while well, creatures surprised, they can't take reactions. So you get one shot kind of coming out of nowhere to jump on a guy, maybe two if you're lucky, uh, if you've like spread out or there's two people near each other that you can drop pretty easily. But it's it's kind of the surprise factor on the distance there is something that I think really helps it. But as Michael was saying, this setup in particular is so committed to the bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know this is shooting myself in, self in the foot a little bit. It's so committed to the bit that you do tend to have problems utility-wise. Yeah. Uh, luckily, you have enough hit points that you can act as like a healer. But once you're out of spell slots, you're like stuck in that spot of a, like a mediocre rogue, which is yeah. a little unfortunate. But you're like, if you have like another frontliner, Let, let's be honest, well. Pete. You're not a mediocre rogue. You're just an average player. You just aren't delivering ridiculous yeah, amount of damage fair. anymore. That's fair. You're still you're doing like, a three D, you know, a one D eight and a two D six sneak attack exactly. with two attacks, right? Yeah, like with you've two got, attacks. That's you, that's totally fair, right? Mixing um, in however many uh, dragon breath cones you have. Th that's right. I mean, there's just you've got some. You're you're just not this crazy. You're not. Yeah, you're you're you not you're not deleting everything every turn. Yeah, that's, that's that's absolutely right. fair. Yeah. You did. Nobody would allow you at the table. Yeah, <laughs> it would be like this build is banned. <laughs> yes, you are never allowed to play this build again. I understand. Um, mine's really similar for all the reasons. I did. I made myself a little bit more potentially useful at ranged for that reason to add a little bit more utility and a little less over reliance on that first attack. But similarly to the assassin, one of the cool things that the Vulpin gets is he gets, I mentioned this, this ambush prey spell. It's it's a spell that, that sits with in the Vulpin class. And it's race. you, you, right, right, race. I mean, you channel primal predatory energies to perfectly conceal your presence in order to surprise your target. You become invisible for the spell's duration, granting advantage on all dexterity stealth checks to remain hidden. The invisibility will last for the duration of the spell, which is one hour. And the, and the, however, any movement moving five feet or more from your position when you cast the spell will have, have end the effect. So as long as you remain invisible, the first attack you make against any target who is unaware of your presence deals an additional 1d6 points of damage. So it's sort of interesting. I can set this up and hide somewhere, um, drop that big, that same, basically the same big hit on, on them. Close to it. Yeah, you get an extra d8, I get an extra d6, right? Like that's yeah, it's, kind of the well, difference. I think more importantly, mine is, I think in this case, I have a guaranteed crit. Yes. Is. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Same number of dice dealing, right? But you get the guarantee. Yeah, roughly. Bit. So you you yeah. will definitely do more damage. 
I just get I get good damage, right? Yeah. And and I get um I have a plus five to your plus four. So you know it's not it's not completely different, but it's you know yeah, I, I'm I, not, think, I think no slouch rolling oh, forty eight no. rolling forty what is it forty eight and then forty six, right? Same same dice yeah, rolls or right or similar yeah, pretty much. Again, pretty cool. I love it. It's fun. It, it I like the idea of just standing there. You're just a fox. You're just standing there. Yeah. I'm invisible. You know. I'm invisible. I'm, well, it's, and, it's, and I can whatever. move around a little bit, like, but then I still but I just can't move more than five feet. So that's fun for all the same reasons you had. I think the difference between these two characters is I just added in a a, a little bit more utility via the arcane trickster at the sacrifice of that massive, massive. Yeah. Avenger <laughs> damage. It's yeah. just a blast of damage. And then I've got I've got just a few more spells, particularly those cantrips, right? I've got yeah, a, I think a wide variety of cantrips to help me out. I, I would say probably one of the biggest spells that you uh, picked up when compared to me was Silvery Barbs. Yeah. Um, which is absolutely massive in this sort of thing. Really hard to pick one on this one because yeah, they're so it's... similar. It's okay. So, I mean, we might even call this one a draw just because they're so ridiculously similar. I think, I think I'll, I'll position... I win on name. I think Kit Sunset. Yeah, uh, yeah for Kit a Sunset character. absolutely wins on name. Um, I have um, a little bit of a Holy Grail reference with naming my, literally naming yes. my character Grail. Yeah, but the Kit Sunset is definitely better on it's that. Also, it's such a good Western name. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, um, so I think the uh, you get the advantage here on the Avenger concept, like this whole idea of just dropping Nova damage at a pretty epic level, guaranteed. Yeah to crush your enemies in that first round is pretty epic. So um, if we were to grade on just sort of ridiculousness, I, I'll give it to myself. If we were going to yeah. grade on, on sheer power, I give it to you. Although I'm not far off. <laughs> yeah. You, you really aren't, <laughs> which I think is one of the other things. And just another notable thing is that like ambush spell also works with bow shots. Yes. Which is it. well, that's, so like, that's, that's the point is that I, I can, I can adjust this character so that I could do it with a bow. I won't get my divine smite, but I can still use my branding smite. Yeah. Right? So I can still get pretty close. Um, yeah, and, get, and I don't have to be in, I don't have to be wise. in range to do it. Right. Like yeah. I can be in longbow range to do it. Right. Yeah. So. Um, I think I, I personally enjoy playing melee characters a little bit more, mm -hmm. especially when your DM puts stuff in the way, because then you have to get creative of yeah. how am I even getting there? Yeah. I love it. So that's kind of where I was leaning. No, oh, I love it, man. This is this is really cool. It's a good it's a good example of how I, I think again, like I said at the beginning, you and I definitely come at it from a slightly more crunchy perspective. So I always want the crunch to work, and then I work my way away from the crunch. Yeah, right? I have to pull myself. Like I I saw the assassin build. I'm like I could do that. But I'm like, like I'm, I'm pulling back from it just because I want the utility down the road, and I just really like the idea of an arcane trickster fox. Right. Like oh, just, that's just so flavor good. wise. Like, just, it's like, like, of course, a great flavor. Oh, I was I, like, I'll, I'll be honest. I heard of like when you brought up like the Holy Avenger, my my instinct was what was this setup? Yeah. Uh, I had I had assassin, like, uh, but vengeance, probably yeah, right? assassin, but vengeance. I was like, yeah. OK, how do I make Ezio from Assassin's Creed into yeah. a paladin? Right. Um, and I was John Wick. I played around with a bunch of ideas with that. I bounced into another idea for a bit, which would have been like a mess to explain, but it was mm -hmm. like a cleric paladin fighter. I, I, you know, honestly, I debated going all cleric and just doing yeah. uh, like, I really debated doing like a war cleric 
as a holy avenger because i think that also works yeah that is right mine was a little weirder if i if i may say so i was i won't get into it but there's like there's plenty of stuff you can do with the holy avenger archetype like playing an assassin paladin works for alpha damage it is not the bl and all of like yeah. the alpha strike on a character no. i think I debated, any high level wizard will tell you that they can oh, do yeah. more somehow oh, way more yeah i i debated i was looking at how can i do this as a gloomstalker ranger like I, I really sort of tried to figure that out and then adding in like adding in sharpshooter again, I give yeah. up the, you, you give up the, 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 the divine smite part, but you, but, you get a yeah, lot more consistent, have, big damage, damage dealing. Yeah. That is like Gloomstalker would have been another good one to go into. There's like, there's plenty of ways to figure out the Holy Avenger character archetype. There's plenty of characters to look at. Yeah. If you want to see like the character writing around it. Yeah, there's a lot out there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Pete. That was really pretty freaking awesome. I heard you said uh, you like started as a rogue and then we're a paladin. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Identical <laughs> build. And I was like, Identical. oh, no. <laughs> well, it happens, right? There are there are limited numbers of builds out there. Uh, and when you start with a, a very defined concept of a Holy Avenger, you start to lean into very direct spaces. Well, I really appreciate you jumping in for Andy, Pete. It's um, I'm excited to see the donuts as they come out. I know you are as well. I'm sure oh, you're God. you're you you you're hearing the router going all day, all night Pretty as much. he makes the donuts. So thank you again. I really appreciate it, and I love the build. I love Grail. Yeah. Um, I think a party with both Grail and Kit would be very curious an all paladin party <laughs> oh my god the amen you're right so uh, if you're looking for us on socials i don't always andy usually does this so i don't remember the lawn i should have prepped but i didn't you can find us at the the advantage podcast on instagram and facebook we're also active on threads we are we have a tiktok account but i don't do anything with it so i apologize for that in advance and then you can if you go to any of our sources you'll find our link tree link to all of our other stuff all our episodes and things like that you can find us on any major podcast service please if you do so and you listen to us regularly please give us a, a review it it's how people find us so follow really, a download yeah, whatever it might be all that be. stuff yeah the reviews really help with our viewability so i really appreciate it if you could we've got i think we've got 19 five-star reviews on apple Podcasts, so that's i'm i will never say no to a five-star review but i'd love to see that over 50 reviews that would be fantastic given the number of y'all who are listening out there so pete um as we end all of these good moments there's something that we do every episode i know you're aware of it but i have a question for you what is it what could so it we, possibly we, be so it's not really a question so much as we were talking about the thieving backstories and yeah. people. So my tragic backstory personally is due to my road worker father being hung for thieving. My road worker father was hung for thieving. I denied it for a long time, but when I got home, the signs were all there. <laughs> that is the stop sign, the one way stop. The, sign. <laughs> the signs yep. were all there. All there. <laughs> awesome. Well, we appreciate you all for listening. Pete, thanks for joining, and we'll catch you all on the flip side. Yeah, thank you for having me. You bet. <laughs> <laughs>